It's the Face of Chicago Business Podcast, introducing you to the stories behind the faces, focused on fixing today's problems with thoughtful leadership and purposeful living. Sit down with us as we get to know the individuals who make our city second to none. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Face of Chicago Business Podcast. Today, I'm joined by realtor and co-founder of Homeco Chicago, Tony Matar. Tony, thank you for being here. Yeah, definitely. I'm happy to be here for a little one-on-one Tony time. <laughs> right? <laughs> I love that. Uh, maybe we can start our own little uh, series together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you're not from Chicago originally, even no. though you've made your roots here. But uh, you're from Michigan, right? Just a little north of uh, Detroit? Yeah, I grew up in Michigan. Uh, lived there until I went to college. So okay. I went to Northwestern University, which nice. is what brought me to Chicago land. So I lived in Evanston while I was up in school and then obviously moved to the city after that. And the rest is history. Yeah. Um, how'd you get into real estate, uh, real estate to begin with? Good question. So I always describe this as a happy accident. So I was really young. I was fresh out of college and I was working in a job in human resources as kind of just a placeholder. Um, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. And in moving to the city, I had met uh, one of my mentors or who would become my mentor, Nick Leibert, who owns his own uh, real estate office here in the city. Exit, right? Yeah, exit. So he said, why don't you come work for me? I think you'd be really good at this. And I kind of had the mindset of, you know, best case scenario, I'll love it and that's what I'll do. Or worst case scenario, I'll learn about something I know nothing about, which is buying and selling homes as a 24-year-old kid. (laughs) Uh, and the rest was history. Wow. Now, did I mean, was that a part of your family? Like, did you have that growing up where someone influenced you to to want to be a realtor? Or is it just something that, that came from being here in the city? Not at all. It was totally just kind of by happenstance and that I wanted to try it out. Yeah. Um, you know, my parents obviously owned several homes while I was growing up, oh, but wow. that was not something I was really exposed to. So on day one, you know, I had no idea what it, what it meant to be a realtor, what it meant to sell real estate, how to even, you know, go about the process of buying or selling a home. So it was all completely new to me. However, my dad, uh, he actually, my dad, Steve, he actually owns his own company. And so he was an entrepreneur growing up he's in the financial services industry okay so him and my grandpa own a firm back in Michigan which you know I guess you could say sort of influenced me to have that entrepreneurial spirit growing up but not real estate specific gotcha gotcha now growing up brothers sisters yeah I'm the oldest of four. Oh wow yeah so, big family yeah and what was that like Uh, It was kind of interesting. So the biggest gap between my siblings is me and my next oldest sister, Hannah. So um, after that, they're kind of spaced a little bit. What's the? Four years, which isn't huge, but there's a total of a nine-year span. So that's almost half of it. So growing up, it was kind of funny. I would always talk to my parents about the kids. And (laughs) those were my siblings. (laughs) Um, So I kind of saw myself on a different, uh, different level as them, I guess, sometimes. Did that come with responsibility too, or just the title? Yeah, of course. I mean, I was the babysitter. I was the the helper and uh, I was the one mowing the lawn, you know, all of those types of stuff that the oldest normally gets saddled with. Yeah. Um, and, and you mentioned too that you had several houses. Does that mean that you guys had places that you lived kind of across Michigan or was it more of an investment thing? Yeah, just homes where we actually lived. So we oh, moved gotcha. a couple times growing up, but um, no investment property. So again, all, the whole world of real estate was very, very no, just curious, just yeah. curious. Um, so where, where's, uh, where are your siblings now, I guess? So my sister, Hannah, she lives in Ohio. Um, she just recently moved on from a position as an assistant swim coach. There's a ton of swimming genes in my family. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so she lives there with her boyfriend and then my two other siblings, my youngest brother, he's still in college. So he's in Detroit. And then my sister, um, Lydia, she works in, um, in Michigan as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, and that you were telling me earlier that, um, you went to Northwestern to, to actually swim, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I swam all growing up and then, um, did four years as a collegiate athlete in the big 10, which was quite the experience. That's awesome. And, uh, do you still swim or no, I no. don't not, <laughs> not any more than like jumping in the lake and splashing around on a hot summer day. Um, I always tell people that I, I had enough swimming, enough staring at a black line in total silence for 12 years of my life that, you know, now I prefer to get my exercise in other methods. That's so funny. What did you go to school for that? I guess you didn't want to do it anymore and, and got into real estate. Yeah. So again, it was kind of just, uh, by chance. So yeah. I ended up originally wanting to be a dentist, okay. um, for no other reason than I thought, okay, that sounds like something that, you know, I could have a decent living. Um, so I went and did some pre-med classes and then decided that I didn't want to pursue, you know, the actual sciences anymore. <laughs> um, so I ended up being an econ major. So most of my peers who were, you know, in my major with me, they were planning on going into consulting or finance and none of that really lit a fire under me. Mm. So so I was kind of at this point uh, coming up on graduation where I had spent most of my time focusing on swimming, rightfully so, because it was helping me, number one, attend Northwestern University and yeah. number two, pay for it. Um, so a lot of my time was spent focusing on on athletics and swimming, and um, I hadn't spent a lot of time or as much as I wish I would have sort of gearing up for my career. Yeah. Now, it seems like you loved Chicago enough to stay here. So. Yeah. What was that like when you first got to, to campus and, you know, big city life? Had you already been to Chicago or was that kind of your first experience with it? No. So my first time uh, driving through, I guess, Chicago was on my way to Northwestern for oh. the very first time. Um, it's so, a beautiful campus, by the way. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And it's so close by. It's funny, though, you know, being up in Evanston. You don't make it down to the city as much, right, right. especially, you know, when you're underage, you can't go out to the bars, things like that. So um, most of my time was spent up in Evanston. But as a member of the swim team, you know, we would always be recruiting new members, high school kids to come and swim for Northwestern. Oh, really? Yeah. Like you were actively involved with that? Yeah. So we all had to be. What? Which was really fun, although sometimes felt like a chore. Yeah. But what we would do is we would take them down here. We would go to the Bean or, um, you know, different kind of landmarks around the city to sort of, you know, try to sweeten the deal and for sell, sure, sell sure. them on Chicago. So competitive. Yeah. So you were in sales like right away that basically. I guess so yeah. I never thought of it right. that way but yeah I guess so and I will say several of my recruits that I had over the course of my college career ended up swimming at Northwestern as well so wow. maybe that was a sign wow and how, I mean how competitive is I mean, I'm assuming it is but in terms of your experience with it right was it something that you mentioned taking very seriously and that seemed to preoccupy a lot of your time yeah but as far as just the competitiveness of it being an athlete being you know big 10 yeah what was that like it was really a cool experience. I mean, I'm so glad that I was able to have that experience as a student athlete, especially in one of the biggest conferences in the country, the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. um, you know, aside from kind of the, the perks, if you will, like the swag and, um, you know, free tutors and things like that, really it just was such an exciting period of my life to get to compete on one of the biggest stages in the country at Big Ten Championships and, um, you know, really get to just explore that part of myself and sort of follow a dream that I had had ever since I was a little boy starting to swim at my summer swim club. Yeah, no, I bet. Yeah. Um, so did you get caught up in the, I guess the party life here a little bit? 
once I moved to the city, yeah, yeah there was a time and, you know, cause I had to be so disciplined when I was, I when I was in school and, um, you know, we still had our fun during college, but it was kind of like a whole new world when I moved to the city. Yeah. Yeah. And what was that like? I mean, I guess, uh, you know, it was fun for a while. Um, and, uh, and it was definitely something that I tried to balance, you know, a social life. I, I joke around, I say I'm a total hermit now. <laughs> like I just go home and want to watch Netflix and go to bed. Like one of those extroverted introverts. I think I'm still an extrovert. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't quali- qualify myself as an introvert, but I just value my own time now more. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like I need to give as much of myself to other people and really have focused in the past couple of years, uh, you know, as I've gotten a little bit older and more mature mm-hmm. um, on, you know, focusing on really meaningful friendships sure. and really focusing on quality instead of quantity. I love that. I mean, yeah. that's really, really important. Yeah. And, and one of the things you had mentioned to me was that, um, in terms of just you finding, I guess, clarity or, or making some better life choices, if you will. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess there was a point about three years ago where I was, you know, working in real estate and things were going okay, I guess you would describe it as, but, um, but really my life had not sort of taken off in the same way that I wanted it to. And when I say my life, I mean all aspects of my life, my personal yeah. life, my, my career. And I felt like I was just kind of floating along. Sure. So I ended up making a decision to stop drinking. And, um, and, and just from a health perspective kind of thing, or was it? it I kind of came to this crux in the road where I saw the way that my life was going to go if I kept you know, prioritizing certain parts of it. Uh, and the, and then in contrast to that, I saw kind of the path where I had always envisioned myself going and those two did not intersect. For sure. Um, they diverged in fact. Yeah. So I kind of had to make a decision on what was important to me and if I really wanted to live the life that I felt like I wanted, um, and, and have the career that I felt like I wanted in order to fund that life. Because really it's not about all, it's not all about work. It's about, you know, your work is a means to an end, whether it be helping people or, you know, funding your life for your family or, you know, helping you achieve other things. So I decided to stop drinking. And, you know, after that moment, I, I just have experienced what I like to describe as like a snowball or almost just like a continual doubling over on itself. And, um, that was prior to me founding HomeCo with my business partner, Haley. Um, congratulations by the way. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, so I, I I don't think that that would have even happened had I not made that decision. I probably just would have kept, you know, trudging along in sort of the same footsteps that I was already kind of creating for myself. Yeah, no. And, and, and one of my friends, um, Amira, who, who's also been on uh, the podcast, she, she had gone on like a journey for like a little over a year now that she had just quit drinking. Yeah. Right. And it was the clarity that she really enjoyed, right. That yeah. piece that, that, that she didn't have before. And for me, I didn't so much have that moment where I said, well, I'm not going to drink anymore. But I think I realized it's like, I don't, I don't enjoy it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not my thing. And so I really don't do it anymore, especially not like I used to, Yeah, you know, my marine days if you will but yeah yeah, so so it's just it's one of those things that i think a lot of people are coming to that conclusion also that it's not helping you yeah you know it definitely holds a lighter to whatever flame you're putting out there and and like you said really exacerbates whatever is underneath or you know your insecurities or um you know problems or 
or unhappiness or depression and things like that. So I don't know. It's been really interesting since to really be present and focused in my life to be able to capitalize on different opportunities that have presented themselves and also to make other opportunities happen for myself. Um, whether it be in my career or giving back to my community. I don't know how, how deep you went on my Instagram, but a couple of years ago I created a charity swimsuit calendar. Yeah, that's right. And, and I, I never would have done that, you know, if I was yeah. distracted by sure. other things in my life. I, I mean, I had this idea and it was really so cool to, to take this to fruition and, and get guys from all across my industry to um, contribute their time and their looks mm-hmm. and, uh, to raise money for a good cause. I'm sure it was a lot of fun too, though. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, in terms of starting your own business, you know, a big part of what we do here is the entrepreneur's journey. Yeah. Right? What has it been like for you, not only to, to start in real estate, because I know that you mentioned you met um, Haley as when you were just an assistant, right? Yeah, yeah. And to go from then to where you're at now as a business owner, entrepreneur, realtor, extraordinary kind of thing. Yeah. You know, what have been the biggest challenges that, that you've faced so far? Yeah. That is a fantastic question and one that I think the answer continues to evolve. (laughs) Um, However, I will say that some of the biggest challenges, if you will, or really just aha moments is like what I like to call them. I like that, yeah. Have been... been been a couple things. Number one, I think it gives me a completely new outlook on people who I worked for in the past. Yeah. Um, managing a team and running a team has given me perspective that I never anticipated having about how I used to be, um, what type of employee I was, and uh, and how to foster. It, it it just really gives me an appreciation for the people who I worked for, and even if I wasn't necessarily the best to them or to their business they each taught me something different about how to be a better manager now so that's been a big learning lesson um and what's been the biggest takeaway that you can share i'm sure there's a lot but if you had to pick one thing yeah i think one thing that really stands out to me about managing people and and this also translates to how i interact with my clients too because really at the same it's you, right? Right. It's it's just interacting with someone, right. whether or not they're on your team or they're your client. It's just having a tremendous amount of empathy for people. If you can put yourself in somebody else's shoes and understand why they might be doing something or why they might be saying something or why they might be acting a certain way, it really allows you to have a fresh set of eyes versus being so wrapped up in your own emotions or your own side of the interaction. So I really try to practice empathy with everyone in my life, whether it's clients, friends, family, uh, team members in terms of, you know, giving people the benefit of the doubt, putting yourself in their shoes and, and trying to kind of take it from there. Yeah. Now, in terms of the empathy part, you know, which I couldn't agree more. But is that something you feel you just have naturally that or is something that you, you do have to develop or maybe a little bit of both? Uh, that is hard for me to say. I think that I think that empathy is something that you can definitely practice and teach yourself or learn from other people. Sure. I I would be totally remiss if I said that I've always been an empathetic person. Um I think now where I'm at in my life and having the experiences that I have had have really taught me to have empathy because other people had empathy for me, right? Right. Um, 
so it allows me to kind of practice that on a daily basis and I'll be the first to admit that I'm not perfect and that sometimes I react in ways that I'm not proud of. But if you can practice it just like any other skill or muscle or personality trait that you're looking to have, I think that you can really put time on task and, and develop that. Yeah. Do you ever, or do you think back and look and maybe there's a particular time in your life where it accelerated that, uh, empathy where, you know, just, just something that you had to deal with. You're like, Oh man, now I get it. I can't think of one, one particular example, but I mean, I think it's just a sum of a sum of many different things. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's also a lot of introspection. Mm-hmm. So when you're able to kind of take some time to self reflect, you can look back at things and maybe you didn't learn anything from them in the moment, but when you reevaluate them with a fresh set of eyes in your current day situation, right. you're able to see what that really taught you and then kind of take that as a valuable lesson. No, that's, that's great advice. And the only reason I ask this, cause I think sometimes, you know, others can learn a behavior, but not necessarily have the empathy that goes along with it. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes you meet people and you're like, eh. <laughs> you're, you're, you're saying all the right things, but yeah, I don't necessarily believe you. And and you come across as very genuine I mean, and everything and all our interactions and every time. Um, yeah. And, and everything you've done, you know, so far. So that's why I think it's really important to distinguish the two, right. Of something that you really do have empathy, but it's also, how do you show that right, right on that level? I mean, I think that that boils down to just being authentic yeah. in all aspects of your life. And, um, and I think that those two things go hand in hand because no matter what you're trying to convey or, or how you're trying to act towards people, they can tell if it's not genuine. Yeah. So being authentic, I think is something that is going to really, elevate people to the next level in their career. And I mean, I, I give the most stupid example of this in that, you know, I, if you follow me on Instagram, you see, there's a lot of like photos in speedos and on boats (laughs) and at beaches. And, um, and I've had people tell me in the past and in the, in the present that, you know, is that really how you want to be portrayed to people? And I'm like, okay, I'm not out here being salacious. This is just who I am. And if someone doesn't like it, they're probably not a client that's going to enjoy working with me. Right. They're probably not going um, to have a problem with you anyway. Right. Like, no matter what. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I'm gay. And yeah. so like if, if someone can tell from my Instagram that I'm gay and they don't like that because I'm being my authentic self, then we weren't going to get along anyway. <laughs> right. And people are attracted to authentic people. So if you're really leaning into what makes you different, I mean, if you're the nerdiest realtor, and I'm just using real estate Mm -hmm. as an example because that's my industry, but if you're the nerdiest realtor out there, lean into that and be, you know, giving everybody as much information as possible and all of the statistics and like, I mean, lean into that nerdiness. If you are, you know, the, the, best negotiator because you have no no empathy for the other side <laughs> speaking of empathy <laughs> right uh, you know lean into that whatever makes sets you apart from the other people in your career field I think is important to highlight because people are going to be drawn to that even if you know they're a little different than you the fact that you're being authentic is going to attract people to you oh, I love that and that's so true I mean the one thing we always preach here is I, I just I don't like selling and it's always about connecting right how, how do you attract the right people. Yeah. Right. And, and so how, how do you do that? I mean, what's, what's your, your secret? What do you lean into? Is it, is it just that, or do you have like a specific demographic that, that, you know, you're going after who should be reaching out to you? Well, anyone should be reaching out to me. <laughs> Let me just first say that. Um, but I, I think it's pretty interesting because I've done this exercise before and I once heard a financial planner. Um, her name's Allison Fiery. She works at Northwestern mutual and she, 
has primarily women clients. So she was talking about um, a point in her career where she kind of did a little of a a little analysis of how could she grow her business. And so she tried to figure out, okay, well, who are my clients now? And they were predominantly predominantly, um, women. And so she figured out, okay, that's my niche, right? I'm going to, I'm going to go after that niche. On the other hand, when I did that exercise for myself, I didn't see a very strong through line (laughs) of a demographic per se. So it wasn't primarily women or men. It wasn't primarily, um, you know, gay or straight or young or old or anything like that. What I do, what I do kind of see as a niche that both me and my business partner and our team as a whole really capitalize on is first-time home buyers. Oh, nice. So a lot of times, you know, realtors are not super fond of first-time home buyers, <laughs> in my experience anyway. Is it more the learning curve kind of thing? Well, I think that sometimes people think that those are not going to be good clients or that mm. it's going to be a, you know, starter home budget <laughs> or things like that. That's totally not the case. You know, we sell homes to people who are first-time home buyers that are buying, you know, seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollar homes. For sure. Where I think that we set ourselves apart and we really have... Um, that market on lock is coming from a place of education. So first time home buyers, they need not only a little extra handholding, but really they need to be set up for success before they even start the process. So that's been really part of the backbone of our mission as a company is to educate people first and foremost. And I don't care whether or not someone who I talk to and sit down with and take an hour of my time to explain the home buying process is looking for a home in three months or three years or five years. All I care about is that I'm arming them with information that's going to make them a better consumer. And if I do that, chances are they're going to be really happy and pleased that I poured into them. And then they're going to end up working with me whenever that time does come. So it needs to be a long game with the first time home buyers because yeah. really it's about educating people. I've also had people who are first time home buyers who haven't bought a home yet, but they've referred me to someone else because I took the time to actually sit down with them, have kind of plotted out a course and a, a roadmap for them. Um, so yeah, that's <laughs> that's kind of our, that's our bread and butter. No, that's great strategy. Yeah. Great, great strategy. So what is on the horizon? What's the vision for HomeCo Chicago? Uh, so... It, so I was sharing with Tony before we started um, that my business partner is actually pregnant and she's having her first child in December. So what's on the immediate horizon is that I'm quickly learning how to do everything that she normally does so that I can run the ship while she's on maternity leave. Um, Long term, you know, our brokerage, we don't want to be the next at properties. We don't want to be the next Keller Williams um, We don't want to be a big box where there's a million agents. We want to be small, hands-on, family, um, and really provide that high level of service. So it's important to us as we're hiring and growing our team. And right now we're at about eight people total, including my partner and I. It's important to us that when we hire someone that we have an awesome opportunity for them. We'd rather have less people doing excellent work and leading fantastic lives because they're making plenty of money than have a million people who are all kind of just skating by. For sure. So for us, our growth pattern is really intentional and kind of as it comes versus really trying to um, beat the clock, if you will, and, and like, you know, put the pedal to the metal so that we can have X number of people in a certain time frame. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing, you know, because I... Uh, 
you, you do see that and, and, and people get lost in that and the bigger it is and it's nice to see even in classrooms you know whenever you get that kind of individualized attention it's, yeah it goes a long way yeah well tony i'm excited to, to see you your see you see your dream through um and also continue to share your story but uh for thank now you. thank you for for coming in yeah thanks for having me this was such a pleasure and i hope that anyone listening can kind of take a little little tidbit away and i would love to you know sit down for coffee with anybody anybody listening whether or not you're looking to buy a home to you know share a little bit more about my story and i'm always looking to connect with new people well you heard it Uh, You guys can contact Tony directly or click on the link below. But for now, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Cool. Thanks, Tony. Bye. Bye.